From war crimes to financial corruption, from police crimes to the doors of power, whistleblowers play a critical role in society. But far too often they pay an enormous price for leaking important information to journalists and the public. For the last six years, the not-for-profit organisation Blueprint for Free Speech has been supporting whistleblowers through its annual awards. Joining you this evening is Executive Director for Blueprint for Free Speech, Dr Sulette Dreyfus. Hi there, Sulette. Hello. Also joining you is Athol Williams. He currently lives in exile after he became a whistleblower in South Africa, contributing to the downfall of President Jacob Zuma. Hi, Athol. Welcome to the program. Hello there. Athol, I'll begin with you. Uh, Congratulations, firstly, for being one of the recipients of this year's awards. You blew the whistle on the US-based consultancy firm Bain for its practices in South Africa. You worked for this firm for some years. What did you allege was happening at the firm? In really simple terms, Kat, Bain were involved with the former president, Jacob Zuma, meeting in clandestine meetings after hours behind closed doors, designing and developing plans to repurpose our public institutions to enable them to be looted and to disable the governance and oversight capabilities of those institutions so that Zuma and his cronies could get away with the looting. Mm. So I understand you allege Bain had forged a somewhat secretive personal relationship with the then President Jacob uh, Zuma. How did the former president allegedly use this relationship? So the idea was to repurpose the the public institutions so that from the outside, no one would notice that anything has changed. But from the inside, all of the governance structures would have been diluted. And what Zuma did with Bain's plans was to give it a veneer of, of respectability and legitimacy, because he could say, we brought in this global prestigious management consulting firm, and they um, organized and, and led the restructuring. So he, Zuma was able to then bring in his cronies into our state institutions in an environment where they'd been restructured so that looting could be so much easier because all of the governance and enforcement capabilities had been stripped out. Mm. You ended up testifying at the Zondo Commission state inquiry. The hearings for this inquiry stretched many hundreds of days. I think it was 400 days and there were over 300 witnesses. Are you surprised at how deep this probe went? I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, it, it's difficult as a citizen to realise just how widespread the capture of your country is. We live in a democracy and we expect our elected officials to be the ones running our country. Through the Zonda Commission, we discovered that actually private interests were highly influential in the running of our country. So for me, that was heartbreaking to see. But the fact that the Zonda Commission could begin to unearth all of this, what was happening behind the scenes, I think is a testament to the strength of our democracy, but also the start, the catalyst for for then um, for, for for accountability for those who have been doing this in South Africa. Mm. We mentioned in the introduction, uh, introduction, Athol, that you now live in exile. Can you explain to our listeners just what toll this whole process uh, took on you? Kath, I expected, as as many whistleblowers do, I expected retaliation from Bain for what I was alleging and for the evidence I had presented at the Zonda Commission. My affidavit was 700 pages long. I had hundreds and hundreds of documents and emails that I got lawfully from Bain that I disclosed publicly. So I expected that Bain would, would react. In fact, 
the day I made my my, my disclosures public, you know, Bain cut off my cell phone, my laptop. They they barred me. They stopped paying me. People treated me like I was um, a leper um, at Bain. So I expected that. What I didn't expect was that across the country, across the business community in South Africa, I was shunned and abandoned. So much so that for three years now, I haven't been able to be employed, even though I was a senior partner at Bain, I've got world-class qualifications. Not a single company in South Africa would employ me because of the stigma of being a whistleblower. And then I began receiving death threats and warnings about my safety because of the vast number of people I implicated linked to Bain's network of alleged corruption. And so I, after these death threats and after a fellow whistleblower got assassinated in South Africa, I had to leave the country in November of, of last year. Mm. So let, just before we come to you, I mean, Athol, what do you do for work now and do you feel safe where you live? I, I do feel safer where, where I am, Kath. I, even though I, I still got uh, warnings, quite sophisticated warnings through lawyers about people who are tracking me and still going to try and silence me. But I, I, I'm, I'm living with savings. Um, this is something we've discovered in South Africa, that there is no protection for whistleblowers by law. And with the stigma attached to whistleblowing, um, no one is able, to, no one is willing to support me financially or any other way, even legally. Mm. Not even any of the law firms in South Africa are willing to support me in this fight. Mm. Uh, Sulet Athol is among the recipients of this year's <coughs> Blueprint for Free Speech Awards. Can mm. you tell me about some of the other winners and just how common is Athol's story with theirs? Um, very common. And and South Africa has among the better whistleblower protection laws in Africa, and yet still it doesn't provide protection uh, in so many ways, including for families where there needs to be witness protection. You're only protected if you actually appear as a witness in court. Well, many whistleblowers obviously don't get that far. Uh, and just as there are many holes there, there are many holes in the Australian whistleblower legislation. But what we see is that our other winners, for example, Cynthia Stimple, who blew the whistle on corrupt deals at South African Airways, um, and and, you know, that that was exposing her to surveillance and dismissal from her job. Um, that we saw Bianca Goodson, who was also doing brave public disclosures uh, about the activities of the Gupta family. They have now been sanctioned in the U.S. and the U.K. for their activities, but very brave. And we have indeed another winner, uh, Patricia Marchelle, who is a 15-year veteran of the police force. She reported corruption where she worked in the police firearms department. She is currently living in hiding in, in fear of her life. Mm. So part of the reason the, the Blueprint Prizes exist is that there are lots of awards for journalists out there around the globe, and those are important. But at the end of the day, so often the sources for journalists in bringing public interest stories to the public come from whistleblowers. Mm. Uh, and, and while we've seen a significant growth in whistleblower protection laws around the globe in the last decade, many of them are incomplete. You know, the Australian legislation has effectively giant carve-outs for if they don't get protected by it because they're in armed forces or law enforcement. Well, the secret elements of society are often the ones that most need protection for whistleblowers. Mm. I'm sure that there are many pay people making these brave decisions. How do you choose the winners and what do you hope these awards will do for them? 
We have a very um, detailed research process that we uh, undergo. We have researchers working on it, uh, studying cases around the globe from the media, recommendations from um, human rights groups and, and other civil society groups, academics. Uh, and there's a judging panel, um, it, which includes Lady Sue Hollick, who's from the UK. She's a former investigative journalist with the BBC. James Catlin, who's a barrister and former finance journalist uh, himself and myself. Uh, and we evaluate very expense, extensive research on them. Um, often interviewing people around their cases uh, to understand them and then really select on the basis of, you know, obviously all whistleblowers often have something to offer. And so it is a difficult choice. But, you know, in this case, for example, we've chosen South African whistleblowers because they capture the zeitgeist of what's happening in South Africa now. Mm. Imagine the word state capture has become a household word across South Africa. That's what the Zondo Commission has done. Mm. And the Zondo Commission made special discussion of the fact that it could not have done its work the way that it did without the whistleblowers. If you've just tuned in, Athol Williams is a former whistleblower in South Africa and Dr Sulet Dreyfus is the Executive Director for Blueprint for Free Speech. And we're talking about this year's Whistleblower Awards on RN Drive. Athol, I understand that Bain has been banned from government contracts across different countries. Are you satisfied that enough has been done? So I think that's a good first step. I think this is a, a signal that governments are saying, no matter where you commit wrongdoing in the world, you know, we, the UK government, or we, the South African government, will hold companies responsible. And I think that's an important, that should be an important lesson for companies who do get involved in wrongdoing elsewhere in the world. But I don't think it's enough, um, Kath. I think firms like Bain and the many others who have been involved in corruption and state capture in South Africa need to make amends. Firstly, our criminal justice system needs to do its job to hold them accountable if there was illegal activity. The Zondo Commission did describe Bain's activity as unlawful. So criminal justice needs to happen. But also, I think reparation is needed. Uh, Athol, you shared a little bit about what your life is like now. If you had your time again, would you still choose to be a whistleblower? Well, Kath, my, my whistleblowing came in two stages. The first was me resigning from Bain because the moment I got to understand what Bain's involvement might have been and, and Bain's cover-up of that involvement, on a, on a personal basis, my personal ethics and personal conviction said I could not be part of a company who had done that in a country. And so that part would never change because my, my, my ethical, ethical convictions about ethical business behavior is not going to change. The whistleblowing part was the second phase of then taking all of that public. And despite all of the, the, the suffering and the hardship that I still suffer and struggle with, I think what I've done has moved our country forward in terms of understanding corruption and dealing with the perpetrators thereof. And so I would do it again, and not to be a hero, but because I think it's demanded of us as citizens, when you see something wrong, to speak up and Sulet, is that what you see in the people that you look at when you're looking to uh, award uh, people in these certain certain categories? That people, the motivations behind why people are searching for the truth and uncovering the truth and blowing the whistle. Very much so. I mean, you would be mad 
to become a whistleblower if you thought that it was going to make you rich or famous or a pop star or any of that, because there is unfortunately in most of these environments a whole lot of heartache. And that is why they are so courageous. And, you know, they are often broken by the process. It takes them years to recover. Often they have to uh, retrain for a new profession. Um, We often see whistleblowers interestingly come from the ranks of accountants because they're inside companies or governments and they see the fraud up close and personal and they realize what's going on before anyone else. Um, And these might be sort of, you know, in your mind, a mild manner accountant and who's faced with this terrible moral quandary. And yet they step forward bravely and they deserve our protection. Sulet and Athol, it's been great speaking with you both. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Athol Williams is a former whistleblower in South Africa and Dr Sulet Dreyfus is the Executive Director for Blueprint for Free Speech on RN Drive. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.